Yevomis Mem Gimel Amudalef. So the Gemara Mem Beis Amudbeis discussed about the concept of when you have a stam in a brisa with a machloket in the Mishnah, is that called machloket v'charkach stam? And the Gemara says the following: says the Gemara, "My Omar Lei v'chi Rabbi Lishnor so if Rabbi wasn't sure who the Aloha was, Rabbiya, which was the Talmud and the author of the Brisa, clearly could not have Paskant. And therefore, we don't follow of that Stam, and we don't assume that that's a Psak. So from here, it's clear that the Brises, at least the Brises as quoted in the Bavli, that there is an assumption that the one who put it together was Rabkhia, Rabkhia the Talmud and we, of uh, Rabbi, and we know that the Brises, the Gemara says, which are reliable, are the ones which were taught by Rabkhia and Aboishia. Now, the question is, what's the relationship of those Brises of the Bavli to our Tosefta that we have? Because the Tosefta is a collection of the Brises, and the collections of the Brises appears to be for Rabkhia. And indeed, Rabbi Shira Goyen writes, Ulinian to Sefta The Shita of Rabbi Shira Goyen is that clearly the one who put it together is Rabbi And the question is, is it in the times of Rabbi or later? But clearly it comes according to, to Rabbi Shira Goyen after the Mishnayas. And it came as an appendix to all this stuff that was not included in the Mishnah, because the Mishnah is not from Rabbi, it was a compilation, was some kind of a summary. And the summary of Rabbi, many of the Divya Tanoim were omitted, and that's the Tosefta. So that's called the early Tosefta. The question is our Tosefta. Is it the Rabkhiyas Tosefta of the Brisa? We know that there are distinctions between our Tosefta, the version of the Tosefta, and the version of the Brisa quoted in the Bavli. Now, this alone itself doesn't show anything because as the Ramban and many Rushonim already said that the Rushalmi quotes the Brises in their original form. The Bavli, when quotes the Brises, it changes it, it modifies it, edits it. So in other words, it basically alters the original sense of the Brisa to give more interpretation or to give their own take. So that doesn't say anything, the fact that those Brises are different from our Tosefta. But the question is, what is the story of our Tosefta? Now, our Tosefta, as we know, it was transmitted orally throughout the Geonic period. So the scholarly assumption, and Shaul Lieberman in his uh, Tosefta Kipshuta says, that our Tosefta that we have is clearly has grown and modified through the transmission of the Tosefta through the Moraic period and going through the Geonic period. And clearly, Bryces were added to it. He goes to go explain that there are such a thing as the Babylonian Brightot. We know that in Sukkah we have Bryces, which are clearly from Bovel, not original for Rabkhia. So the idea is that even though Rabkhia is the original author according to of the collection of the Brises, those collections as it formed the Tosefta, they went through a process of editing and of transmission and of growing and adding that went through many, many centuries. That's why we do have many Brises that actually close Rabkhia. Rabkhia is mentioned in Tosefta in 
to Sefta Yontev in Chulin in Negoim, which Rabchi is mentioned. And it appears that he wasn't the editor of those portions. So here is an example of a work, of Tanairic work with the Tanoim, which is the Tosefta, that clearly Shergoyen's attributes to Rabchia, but that was the original proto-Tosefta. The Tosefta went through a process of transmission, of addition, and our Tosefta is a result of the final product of the Tosefta as it was transmitted in the Shivas of Geonim hundreds of years later. That's on Mem Gimel Amud Aleph. There is also a point that's worth exploring on Mem Gimel Amud Bet. On Mem Gimel Amud Beis, the Gemara by Ravash goes to explain the difference why Masa Matan is one halacha and Erusin is another halacha, that they appear to be inconsistent. And he says, Shane Avelus the Rabbi Mavirus the Yochadela Maravashi, Shane Avelus Chadosha Mavirus Yishonah. There is a difference between old morning which is the Chumran Abais and New Morning. And there is a difference between Avelus the Rabim, which is public morning from private morning. And therefore, you cannot make a Kalva Choymer that even though in the public morning is Masomat Nosor and Erosin is Mutar, that by Shloishim will be the opposite, that Masomat will be Mutar and Erosin will be also, because way they are different. And Rashi says, because Erosin, uh, Avelus, the rabbim is more cow, and therefore erusin in this case is mutar. Toys ask Akasha that even though it's more cow, but still there is an inconsistency between Maso Matan and Erosin. That in Avelus the Yochid, Erosin is mutar Maso Matan. I'm sorry, the Erovis the Avelus the Yochid, Erosin is also Maso Matan's mutar, and is the opposite by Avelus the Rabbim. What does kill add to anything? But I think that what Rashi means here is very interesting. If you look at the Gemara in Boba Basa, the end of Boba Basa, the end of, not the end of Basa, but the end of Cheska Sabatim, actually discusses the origin of this Avelus the Rabbi. The Gemara says like this, People, the Prushim, after the Churban, they took an extreme position that they should not eat basar, and drink wine. And the Chachomim were against it, and so Rabbi Yeshua, they went to head, it says, Mitpal Belahem Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua goes to him, to, to them after the Churban, and it says, To not to be misabel, it's impossible. But to be misabel too much, that's gzera she'in natsibur yechulim lamud bai. Ella, there is a limited amount of, quote-unquote, public mourning, which is the Avelus Yishona, one of them that we do every day, that we know that we plaster your house, you leave an ama alama, and so on and so forth. And then on the times, and this is discussed in the end of Cheskes Habati. Now, in itself is a great question. What's Nogia to Cheskes Habatim? The Churban, we all know that the story of the Churban by Rishon is in Sanhedrin. The story of Churban by Sheni is in Mesechta Gitin. We know that the story, the, the Avelus, is in Mesechta Tainis, right? We have the whole Avelus. But what's Nugget Babasra, this idea of the Avelus the Rabbim? And how does the Avelus the Rabbim really relate this 
ongoing Avelos that we have, which is the Ama Alama, also called Sorge Seuda or Mishoyel that whenever you make a meal, you have also to leave something out, which is an ongoing Avelos. And then the Avelos of the weeks of Av, the Koidim, the Koidim, and the Koidim, in those Avelos, this process of Avelos in Tishabov, which is called also Avelos the Rabbim. What's the shaykhs between them? And why is Avelus, this part of Avelus, which is Tisha B'Av in Masech Tatainis, and the Avelus, which is the ongoing Avelus in Masech B'Av Asra, specifically in Cheskasabatim. But I think it's important because I think that explains the idea of Avelus the Rabbim. The Avelus the Rabbim, the ongoing, what Rabbi Shua comes to say, saying that's not really Ilchus Avelus. The Avelus the Rabbim, which is ongoing, which is Avelus Yishona, it's in the same vein as what we have, the concept of Macho in Boba Basra and Cheska Sabatim. Sabatim is what, as we all know, the Cheska Sabatim is that when somebody takes possession of a field or anything else for, the, for three years, if the original owner comes to get back the field, one who's in possession can say, listen, I lost the star and it's mine. Because you have to protest within three years, the concept of the macho. If you are not moiche, you are quiescing and acknowledging that this guy took possession and he doesn't have to be keep any raya. The choiret appears to be that the avelus the rabim, which is the ongoing avelus the rabim, it's also a form of macho. What Rabbi Shua is telling the Prushim is there's no Avelus. Avelus, which is mourning, that's that's, that's not something that you could make of the Tzibur to be in Avelus forever. The Avelus that we have, the ongoing, is a form of macho, it's a protest. We are telling telling our enemies who took over the Besamikdash, you have to keep the claim because we're not giving up. We are not giving up on the Bismikdash, we're not giving up on Nazareth. And our Avelus is a form of macho. And therefore, it has to be done within measurements because it's not Stam Avelus, it's Avelus as a form of macho. That's why the Alochas of Sadod and Besid is specifically at the end of Basra. Which leads me to think that even the Avelus the Rabim, which is the same process, but goes into the process of Shiva and Shloishim and etc. In Chodeshav, what the Gemara is saying is Ishani. It's a totally different form. It is a velus, but it's an velus as an expression of Macho, as an extension of the larger process of a velus, which is throughout the year. So even though it's a velus, but a velus derabim and a velus Yishona, it's a form of protest. It's a different type of a velus. That's what Rashi means, Kal. It's not that that's Kal, but it's in the same realm. It's a different Parsha. It's a total different story. Structure and therefore you can't learn from one to the other, and you can't make even a kalvachoimer because it's not stam avelus and mourning, which is ilchus avelus. Is ilchus avelus as a form of macho? Is an extension of the regular avelus. So maybe that's upshot Rashi that the reason why you can't make a kalvachoimer because they are not of the same cloth. One is Avelus de Yochid, which is Ilchus Avelus, and then Avelus de Rabim, which is an extension of Ilchus Macho, that we are being moiche to our enemies, that we want to get Eretz Yisrael back after the process of Golos, that we never gave up.